You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. In this episode, we have Alicia Angel, who... uh, uh, is a songwriter, an artist, an activist, and um, uh, somebody who I came in contact with um, being a speaker for uh, a TED Talk that's going to be coming up uh, with Princeton Women. Um, Alicia Angel, thank you so much for joining the podcast and welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Kane. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, the first question uh, goes back and uh, was just wondering if uh, when you were younger, uh, what you were like when you were younger, did you, did you see yourself as artistic, into songs, into art in general? You know, when I was young, growing up, I was a lot like I am right now. <laughs> Some things never change. You know, my I was very much into art and music. Um, my favorite things to do were, you know, draw, to write songs and, you know, sing. And I mean, as early as, you know, six, <laughs> learning to read and write, I would write songs. And before I could write, you know, and, and knew how to write words, I was always kind of coming up with melodies. And, um, and you know, <laughs> lyrically, they weren't so sophisticated. I, you know, imitated what I heard on the radio and what I thought, um, what I thought, uh, love was based on TV and things like that. But, you know, the lyrics would be like, Oh baby, I love you. <laughs> things like that. But, you know, I, I was always, I was always into that. And, um, it was always just a part, such a big part of who I am and who I was then. And, um, I was always interested like I am today in learning about people through their personal storytelling. And, you know, I would sit as a, as a young kid with my aunt and my grandmother and they'd have friends over and they'd play cards and they'd have a, you know, a few drinks. And, I remember just listening to their stories and, you know, imitating them. I was always trying to find humor in, in situations and I was always a mimic. So I would, you know, I'd like imitate their accents and their stories and, you know, pretend to be an old lady, (laughs) you know, I, I just, you know, loved all of that. And I loved, even as a kid, some of the stuff I didn't understand necessarily the way I thought I did, but I loved just hearing about people and their stories and um, and finding out what made them interesting and made them who who they are. Um, and some other things, you know, I, I would try. I traveled as a kid because I, I flew for free. My mom was uh, she worked for an airline growing up. And so I, you know, I did have the opportunity to travel and I always wanted to that, you know, I'm the same way. I always wanted to spend my money on that. My first job, I booked my first acting job when I was six, and I used that money. I wanted to go to the Dominican Republic, so that's what we did. And, you know, I and I guess other than that, just as a person, I was, you know, I, I always felt a really intense empathy for people and for animals, and so 
that also hasn't changed. Um, and I was also always trying to start a business or solve a problem. Like <laughs> I was a little, a little entrepreneur. Yeah. And uh, one, I, I noticed that you said there is kind of um, uh, empathy uh, for animals. And is that something that's, um, is that something that's come along in some of the songs that you write? And can you let the listeners know about where some of your music shows up? Sure. So I haven't written about animals yet. Um, <laughs> I should. I have painted some animals, so they you know have shown up there. But yeah, I've always had an empathy um, empathy for animals and for um, for people. I've always connected with animals. I've always you know I've always I always felt like you know especially um, dogs and cats, right? Like I always felt like here they are. You know, they can't speak, <laughs> you know, they're, they're kind of held captive <laughs> by a family and, you know, it becomes their family, but, you know, uh, not all, they're not always treated right. And, you know, there's so many without homes and I just always, it always just is so painful for me to see any being suffer. I mean, it's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Um, so yeah, there's that. As far as my music, uh, right now, I actually, so I released a song actually in 2017 called Anchor, and you can get that on YouTube. You can, there's a music video that I made um, about domestic violence, and it ha includes a little PSA at the end about female genital mutilation. And I did that to raise awareness of both issues and money for the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence and Equality Now, so both organizations that were um, that work to end, excuse me, work to end both forms of violence. Um, and that song is not on iTunes anymore. I actually removed everything, and I am releasing a song this week called "Ring Another Round," which is about, or actually, I think I'm changing the title to "Another Round," which is about um, my experience with. Uh, MG, Mycenae Gravis, which is a rare, incurable autoimmune neuromuscular disease that I was diagnosed with last year. So I'm releasing that and it'll actually be, uh, you know, played in a uh, video premiere, um, I'm sorry, documentary premiere about MG called A Mystery to Me. And that is on November 17th. Um, and if anyone's interested in that, in hearing that song for the first time, you can go there to uh, mg-united.com. And that will be November 17th. You can find the info to RSVP. It's going to be a really cool documentary. Um, and, you know, I'll be releasing this song this week. And I think I'm going to put Anchor back up. And so, yeah, it'll be on all of the, you know, everywhere you get music, um, iTunes and, you know, Google yeah, and that, all of those, Amazon. Yeah. That, that, that's wonderful here to hear. And thank you for that. How has, um, have, have you found as far as within your creative process, um, and you know, uh, your illness that it's, um, has, has it created a strong impact on, uh, your process number one and number two, as far as what you're creating for art, do you see it significantly impacted by, by your illness? Um, you know, it's definitely 
my ability to create art is definitely impacted by my illness for sure um it's it's come it's come you know out in my art just in, in this song for example in um you know i was planning on making a a painting about my experience with mg I haven't done that yet but i will um other than that it's really um it has impacted my my ability to make art i mean you know i used to i used to be very quick <laughs> so i used to you know spend maybe you know several hours you know a day um you know one day or maybe two and i I'd, I'd have a whole you know a painting done well now i my body needs rest um with mg you can't go too hard you can't um push yourself um so basically moving any of my muscles uh my voluntary muscles um makes them weaker so it you know it it affects things like moving my arms and legs and you know breathing and you know swallowing and um speaking um chewing all kinds of things like that my voice so because it affects my voice um it, it it's become difficult to record and I still do um I I have it in a while because of the pandemic so basically I have I'm not really I can't be around people I'm a little high risk for that um but I so I haven't been able to record but you know I I do sing um at home and and um I write I've been writing some songs um other than that as far as the painting goes um you know it takes me longer those the paintings used to be quicker and now I I have to it takes me could take me a week or two to do one painting because I have to wait for the days that I can actually function enough sometimes to sit there and paint and I have to sit to paint now instead of standing which I used to do um I I just have to do it for less for shorter periods at a time um singing too you know I have to just I can do it but it'll take me longer to to uh when on a good day you know it'll take me longer than it used to so it's definitely been impacted yeah and 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 thank you uh Alicia for your obviously your perseverance perseverance through that and yeah. you know creating art for for others but also i'm sure as a in an internal process uh for yourself uh we're speaking mm-hmm. with alicia angel um a songwriter um it's out in uh, new york city and um alicia uh big question one of the big ones what is oh. art what is art well for me art is expression it's healing. It's a way for us to experience the world through another person's lens. And, you know, that's something that's going to breed empathy. And so, you know, typically, you know, hopefully. Um, so I, that, that's art to me. I think that's the short answer, you know, um, art is everything to me Art, you know, there's so many ways to answer that question, but what is art? I just, I would say it's an expression, you know, and, and it connects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and thank you. One of the things you had mentioned, Alicia, um, about, um, about, about painting, um, I adore painting and, um, I, I was just wondering how long, you know, I'm familiar with uh, some of your, your music, but with, with your painting, how long have you been, uh, how long have you painted? Well, I've been painting since 2013 and, you know, 12 or 13. Um, and 
the way that that came about was a childhood friend of mine, uh, Monique. She uh, she has a daughter who was born with a, a rare disease, uh, a rare liver disease, and she knew that she'd need a transplant soon. So she wanted to make her room special. She wanted to make her room have um, you know the, all the Disney princesses on it. And so we grew up together. So she knew I she always knew I could draw. So she said, "Hey, you know, can you can you please paint the princesses?" on Michaela's room. And I'm like, well, Monique, I don't paint. Like, she's like, you can paint. Come on. I'm like, no, Monique, I don't. And then she's like, you can do it. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to do it. So I decided to just do it. And I was like, hold up. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) I can paint. So it was, it was kind of wild to, you know, to do that. I remember I was painting Pocahontas, um, one of the princesses for her. And, you know, she, she said, um, okay, that's just, that's just, nuts and I'm like what and you know she said you're just you're <laughs> you're mixing all of these colors together and getting her exact skin tone how, I mean how is that you're not even you're barely even looking at it you're just kind of like putting you know random amounts and and I you know I, I it turned out I have kind of like a natural sense for those things and you know I don't know my father I never I've never met him um and there's there are no issues with that for me. I I actually feel that I dodged a bullet, which is a whole another story. But uh, yeah, not the not the best uh, not not the best person I could have grown up with. So I'm glad for that. But he was actually a painter, so it's fascinating to me that you know it reminds me there must be some genetic component um, in some of us with that. Yeah, that um, and I know. Uh... In, in painting myself, uh, the uh, just just seeing different painters and and you know sometimes the moments of envy, particularly on what you had said of like getting the color, getting the color right, mm-hmm. just yeah, yeah. That. Uh, so that's that's obviously a, a fantastic skill. Um, you, you, we were talking uh, in general, of course, about about art. I was wondering. Um, uh, a, a, another big question about art, and it's really about its role. Uh, say in a you know tumultuous year, uh, twenty twenty, we've seen a lot of art being uh, maybe uh, created out of uh, and within uh, social movements and um, things that are happening in society. We see a lot of art being produced, consumed, et cetera, because of change in, you know, patterns with people at times being home even more so or, or might be home more extensively. What um, what role do you think art uh, has uh, in, a, in a pandemic, you know, as an artist? I mean, do you feel you have to create more art or, or would try to create more art or does art still have the same level of importance it does during during unrest? I think that art has more of a role in a pandemic. Um, some of the things you mentioned, you know, people are staying home more, so we're further apart physically. And again, I think that art really is a connector. And um, where would we be without artists? Where would we be without art? I mean, think about the way that so much of us spend a lot of our free time. It revolves around art, you know, um, from watching movies and TV shows and, you know, reading books and all of these things that we that we do um, when we're not working or doing the things we have to do. Those are the things we want to do. 
listening to music. I mean, how many times um, has music gotten us through something? Um, you know, so I think that that's, that is so important, especially in a pandemic. And, you know, it, it helps us connect with each other and ourselves. And it, um, you know, it, it promotes awareness, um, expression. So I think it's really necessary. Yeah. And, and, and thanks. Thanks for that answer. I know it's been, um, throughout the the pod and doing the podcast over the past few months it seems like there's just been you know really different impacts uh, over time and I, f- I find it you know just to see at different periods of time and with different artists you know how they see themselves uh, engaged mm-hmm. I wanted to to ask you about Alicia I had uh, uh, mentioned early on um, in the episode about um, uh, a talk in a, well, a, a talk event that's going to be going on, mm-hmm. um, Princeton Women, a TED a TED Talk event. Could you um, talk a little bit about what that event is in 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 your in in your in your TED Talk as well? Sure. So I am going to be delivering a TEDx talk. Um, in the TEDx Princeton Women event. Um, so I was, in, I was um, invited to be a part of it by the organizer. And, um, you know, so it's a good friend of mine, Kyle. And, uh, you know, he said, um, he, you know, he, said, he asked me to be part of it, but then, you know, he, he needed more women. Um, and that's, that's what I know. If there's anything I know, it's women. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of really cool women and he wanted me to, he actually asked me if I could produce it. Um, he actually asked me if I could produce the event. And unfortunately with this, you know, dealing with myasthenia gravis, that's a really, that's a hard thing for me to commit to. I mean, I can't, I can't work for a reason. There's a reason I'm not working right now. You know, I can't, I, every day is different for me. And some days I just, I can't function enough. So I couldn't commit to all of that, but I did want to help with, you know, coming, finding other women for him to, you know, to help curate that list of women, uh, to be, to speak at the event. And I saw it as an opportunity to help give a platform to women of color. So there are only three white women out of 16, um, you know, that are speaking at the TEDx event. Um, and all other women are women of color. And it's a very diverse group in terms of, um, in terms of race, in terms of gender. And it's just really um, gender. Um, I mean, they're all women. But I mean, it's, you know, we have trans women involved. Um, we have... Um, we have someone talking about fat phobia, someone talking about um, uh, mental health, a few people talking about mental health. We have someone talking about COVID. She's, a, she's um, an, an infectious disease uh, doctor. So there's, there's just such a, a great, um, you know, just really incredible group of women. And I am just so honored to be among them you know, to be a part of an event with these, with some of these women. They're just really exciting. One of them is Nikki Lynette. And I know you know Nikki. Yes. And Nikki is just, ugh, I just, I worship Nikki. I mean, Nikki is like, 
you know, she, the work she's doing, the, the person she is, the artist she is, you know, both visually um, and then musically. She wrote a play. I mean, you know, Nikki is just a force. And I am just so excited to hear her TED Talk because I just know it's going to be powerful. So, yeah, if anyone's interested, um, you can uh, you can check out uh, TEDx. Probably the easiest way would be to go to Instagram or Facebook and go to TEDx Princeton Women. And there, um, you know, they're posting the, the links. I don't know exactly what the link is, but they're they're posting the links to um, to the event. And you can you can go on RSVP and it's free. Yeah, there's a yeah an RSVP uh, link there, and um, yeah, a lot of great uh, speakers, um, and it's it's great that you get the opportunity to um, to be involved with that as well. I very much look mm-hmm. forward to it, uh, and encourage all listeners to um, uh, to sign up and listen to a lot of um, the 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 great uh, women speakers at the um, the the TEDx event. Um, Alicia, I've got um, a, another a big question, a little bit more psychological, um, uh, just as far as your perspective. Uh, the question is, who or what made you who you are? Women. <laughs> Women made me who I am. Now, there are actually a few different things that made me who I am, actually. And I'll get into a few of them here. But women... You know, I I grew up raised by my mom, my Aunt Judy, who died when I was 18, my grandmother, who died when I was 15, and they raised me. I was raised by women. I have older sisters. I mean, a lot of women in my family. And then, you know, I started volunteering when I was 17 for a domestic violence hotline and met, you know, women who were all older than me, who were all you know, just, uh, they, you know, they, they taught me the way, you know, they, they just, I learned so much from these women and my friend Elaine, who actually, she died in 2013. Um, and I miss her terribly, but she, and I learned so much from Elaine and, um, and I, I started volunteering also with a movement to end violence against women called V-Day when I was 18. And, I uh, learned a ton from those women. Um, so, yeah, it's been mostly women. That's what made me who who made me what and who made me who I am. But uh, also therapy. That helped me a ton. I mean, it helped me grow and become more self-aware. And, you know, I think that's really important for everyone. Um, and so did a training that I did in 2012. Um, it was like this, I don't even know what to call it. I don't know what it's officially called, but it's this like uh, life training and it and it, it like shook me to my core and, um, and I, it, it was four days and it was intense and it, it just, it taught me so much about myself, um, and so much about who I am. And, you know, it's like really an experience where you can kind of figure out who you are versus who you think and say you are and, um, really get in touch with that. And it was, um, so that had an impact. Travel had a big influence on me since, you know, growing up flying free, I mean, I, I seeing. I think it's just so important for young people to see how big the world is and how different the lifestyle is in you know every place and how different the needs are everywhere. I mean, you know, especially American kids. I think, you know, in this country, um, that's not um, that's not encouraged enough. 
And I really think that people would have more empathy for others um, if they if they really got a chance to see people um, for who they are and see 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 other human beings um, in their environments instead of you know and and the and and telling their stories and and experiencing their stories the way other people want them to be experienced as opposed to what you see in the media um, you know you see you can see you know people in a different country on TV and it's just it's just not the same. So that was a huge impact on me. And then I guess, you know, the last and but very important thing I want to mention is, um, you know, I grew up in a in a racially mixed family. I I am not mixed myself, but I I grew up in a family um, where, you know, my vocal coach used to come over when I was 14. And he, he used to be like every every time I come over here, it's like. He said, I feel like it's like the United Nations, you know, because my house was just, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, you know, my family. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, we just have all kinds of, you know, ethnicities in my family and races. And so it was um, genders, you know, gender identities, um, things like that. Um, and, um, you know, sexuality and so just all kinds of people in my family. And so growing up in that was really important. Um and it was it made it so that I didn't want to be in groups of just white people. Like that makes that would make me very uncomfortable, you know, growing up. I, I, I you know, and the reason for that is that, to be honest, being white, um, I've had a lot of people, and this has happened recently. I even had a, a, you know, a nurse come to my house, and she thought she could just say whatever she want she wanted because I was white, and you know, so I've had I've had experiences where I've had people kind of like assume that they could say racist things in front of me, and um, you know, I'm just not the one. <laughs> so so then I have to get into it with them, you know, to a certain extent, and kind of uh, let them know why that's not okay. So that was something that I dealt with growing up. And, you know, my family experienced racism. Um, and in, in certain ways, like my niece, um, she, we grew up like sisters, she's three years younger than me, and she's black. And, you know, she, um, she, you know, there, we absolutely experienced that as, as kids, you know, um, and so seeing that being part of that was just, um, it made me want to be around all different kinds of people. Um, and so I went to high school in Newark, New Jersey, um, intentionally because I wanted to, because it was an art school, but also because I wanted to make sure that I was exposed to all kinds of people, you know? So that's, that's definitely had a big, big impact on me as well. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that experience, um, it felt it felt it felt New York too, right? From the East yeah. Coast, and I is there tends to be um big some big differences on the coast, and like um one of the things I'm out here in Oregon, Oregon is is um uh, deeply lacking um in in diversity, and it's changed over time, but um mm-hmm. it uh it's very when I go back out east, it's it's just a lot different as far as the, the just as far as how people interact with each other and, and, and move about with mm-hmm. each other. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I think when you come from somewhere, like I grew up in New Jersey, but still, you know, I was in New, I, 15 minutes from the city and, and always in New York. And so I think um, <laughs> when I am places where they're, where it, it isn't diverse, I'm always kind of shocked. So I, when I actually shot part of my anchor music video in Oregon and um, in Eugene, um, 
And I remember asking my friend who, you know, lived there, I was like, why are there no black people around here? Like, what's going on? Like, why, why, why is there only white, why are there only white people here? And I asked the same thing to my friend who, when I was shooting my video and um, part of it in Argentina, in Ros Rosario, Argentina, I asked her the same thing. I'm like, girl, why, why are there just, I only, I've only seen white people aside from one person who was in my music video. And um, she, she explained that, you know, they have a really um, kind of awful history um, as to why that is. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always kind of, it's always uncomfortable for me. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I just, I loved, I love being in diverse populations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, 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 I do myself and I've had that kind of, it always unnerves people when you talk about the opposite, uh, like the discomfort that doesn't fit into the racial stereotypes. Right. So being uncomfortable around a lot of, you know, white people, like I'll be like, I remember one time I was somewhere and I mentioned to somebody, I'm like, let's go to the other side of the street. There was a group of white guys like walking, like being very loud. I'm like, <laughs> I just feel, I just feel safer on the other side of the street. You know I what? I, I feel you. <laughs> I totally yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It always, it's always a little curveball for people to mm -hmm. let you know the experience. Um, uh, so, um, uh, okay. Um, Alicia, big, big, big question again. Uh, why is there something rather than nothing? Come on, Ken. Why are you going to do that? I know. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> why is there something <laughs> rather than nothing? You know, when I think about, when I hear that question, what comes to mind first is a blank canvas. And I think, you know, of course my mind goes to art. And I think about, you know, if there, it, the fact that nothing begs to be something. And so I don't think even if there were nothing, even if there were nothing, I don't think that would that's not sustainable. It just begs to be something. And so even when you have a canvas that's blank, I mean, you could say that's nothing because it's blank, but technically it's a canvas and, you know, that's art in itself, right? Like that's the canvas. Somebody made that canvas. Someone, someone designed that. That's, that's art in itself. Someone made those materials. Um, and that's, you know, that's something. So even a blank canvas starts out as something. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think for me, that's the answer. I know that that's an answer that um, can be answered in many different ways by different people. But for me, I think it's just because it's just natural. I think nothing begs to be something. And yeah. So, yeah. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that the, um, there's a general expression about, you know, like, uh, you know, even an ancient principle of like n nature abhors a void, right? So things must be there. It seems like there is a push towards there being something or space being filled. Um, sure. Yeah. Oh, um, so Alicia, um, uh, before we go, um, I wanted you, if you could kind of, I know you mentioned a few different places to find um, your material uh, throughout. Mm -hmm throughout the episode, but I wondered if you could just, you know, kind of take the time here at the end, just to let folks maybe know to find where to find your, your, your website, uh, things you want them to find, uh, all that type of stuff. 
Sure. So you can find me on social media. So on Facebook, just Alicia Angel. You can find me on Instagram at it, it's Alicia Angel. So I T S A L I C I A A N G E L. Um, so it's Alicia Angel, and that's probably the best way to find me. And anything I'm doing, I post there, and um, that's how we found each other, you know. So that's that's probably the best way to stay updated with what I'm doing. You know, I took some time off because um, because of the whole um, you know rare disease thing, and then pandemic and all that stuff. I've just been focusing a lot on my health, and now things are kind of um, arts finding me. <laughs> you know, I tried to I took a little break. But we're back. And so, you know, I still need to uh, do a lot of things like create a new site and all that stuff because what I had before was old. And so, yeah. So there will be more stuff on the way soon. But in the meantime, I'd say get me on Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, of course, you mentioned that uh, that newer track coming out and very much look forward to um, – um, the the TED Talk, and again, listeners at the t- TEDx uh, Princeton Women uh, later uh, this month, um, uh, an online uh, series of TED Talks, um, which look to be incredible and which will feature uh, Alicia Angel and also an upcoming guest, uh, Nikki Lynette. So very much look forward to that, Alicia. Uh, thank you so much for spending time. It's it's been a great pleasure being able to chat with you and to get to know you better and also to have another thing to look forward to that talk uh, at the end of the yeah, month. Right? <laughs> yeah. Thank well, thank you for having me. The feeling is so mutual and um, I, I loved being here. This was, this was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Bye now. You are listening to something rather than nothing.